Welcome to D3 Nation, now don't you change the station, oh lord knows it has just begun. We're talking all the motivation from years of dedication, discovering who's number one. The fight is never done, you gotta dig down inside for who you're destined to be. The war is never won, so talk it out with your host, Gennaro and Welcome back to the pod, Division Three wrestling fans. It's been a, a great month in September. A lot of great wrestling happening overseas at the World Championships. And Division Three teams around the country starting practice thanks to the new NCAA legislation. And we are excited for this next episode. We got one of the newer coaches. Well, not a new head coach, but a head coach for a new program. He is moving over from Kings to Misericordia. And Josh Rosa, new head coach at Misericordia, is joining the show. And you just announced a woman's head coach as well. Um, what was the woman's head coach again? Who, who's joining you guys there? Ken Churto. Ken Churto, right. Big name in, in the, you know, also at the Ken Churto camps. And he's obviously a big name in the wrestling world. So, so Josh, I mean, obviously exciting stuff. Uh, you've been um, in Division Three now for three years. Um, yep. You were at Kings the last two. And so just kind of moving right down the road. I mean, you're still in Pennsylvania, which I know you have roots there. You competed there in high school. Um, which we'll get into later in the show, but um, why, why the change? Why the transition? Um, you're obviously doing a good job at Kings. Obviously, got to see you guys compete a lot, being in conference in our regional. Um, but uh, but yeah, what, what what's the switch? Yeah, uh, it just was a better fit for me as far as the the institution. Um, I really felt like this was a you know, Mr. Cordy was a place where where you can win and and win at a high level, and that's what they want to do here. Um, you know, we have several programs currently on campus right now. We have two programs ranked in the country, um, five ranked in the region. Um, had two teams just last year compete for a national championship. So they, uh, as an athletic department, you know, it was impressive to come over here and. Um, kind of see what they had going on. And, and you know, like you kind of mentioned, I, I'd been from this area. I grew up here, you know, just 10 minutes away from uh, you know, where Kings was. And so about 15 minutes from here. Um, so knew of them. But, uh, you know, once I got on campus here, it was just impressive to see what they were doing as an athletic department. Um, and then, the, you know, the things that they were going to provide as far as resources um, and their plans for you know, what they saw, uh, the wrestling program being here at Misericordia, it was just an opportunity I couldn't pass up. And, um, you know, ultimately, like I said, I think it just aligned with what my goals were uh, as a coach. And, um, you know, that's to, to ultimately you know, become a, a top 10 team in the country and, and uh, hopefully at some point um, compete for a national championship. And I just really felt like this was a place where you can do that. Yeah, that's awesome. Definitely really refreshing to hear, um, you know, when all these new programs are getting added, you pull from an administration and leadership that they're bringing the right resources to to be successful. Um, obviously, every university is in, in different parts. But um, so on top of you being a full-time head coach, you have the women's full-time head coach. Will you be also searching for assistant coach as well? Yeah, so we'll get a, a full-time grad assistant. Um, and then I'll also uh, most likely bring over one of my assistants uh, from Kings uh, on a volunteer role. So, um, yeah, we'll have a full-time uh, GA on staff. Uh, so having somebody here, which I didn't have at Kings, um, I had two part-time guys there. Um, so it'd be nice to have another guy, 
where his focus is totally on uh, coaching wrestling, going to school. So uh, that was another big aspect to it. Just like I said, just the resources that we're going to get here um, was a better situation for me to be able to focus my time uh, in areas to, to help develop a program. Yeah, no, that, that is very beneficial. Um, yeah. It's definitely awesome to have a staff, like a full-time staff, you know, bounce ideas off, obviously help with recruiting. Recruiting is a big piece of, of what we do. So um so that is that is pretty big and um remind me of the timetable for you guys um so you guys added you're the head coach is this a whole recruiting year um competing next year are you is it a two-year plan um i know some teams are adding but they're not adding until 2026 championships what's what's your guys' game plan yeah, yeah so we we started both of us started on september one um and we'll take this entire year to recruit um, and we'll we'll have a team uh, for the 2024-2025 season. Okay, nice, very very good. And um, have they uh, have you have do you have a place on campus where you're locking down for uh, for a facility? Um, what's what's the timetable for that? Yeah, so actually, you know, uh, had to, to push back this meeting with you just because of that. So we just we're having talks with the today. We had a talk with the VP of Finance about finalizing where our uh, facility was going to to land. Um, we had two great options. Um, one was off campus, which uh, was a little bit larger, but um, you know had some of its own deficiencies that I didn't like. Um, so we're we're most likely going to end. And again, none of this is, is set in stone just yet. Um, but it looks about 99% sure we're going to end up here right on campus. Uh, so we'll have a room right here in the, in the gym where we compete. Um, and it's going to be, it's going to be awesome. Like I said, that they're, uh, whenever they've done something here at Missouri, they've done it right. You know, they added football back here in about 10 years ago and, um, you know, they're, they're very successful, done well, and, and, uh, they're doing the same here with wrestling. And, and, uh, yeah, and I think it's important too, that, you know, when they added here, uh, as far as the facility goes, um, and, you know, I think they're going to do that the right way. They're going to, it's going to be a, a phenomenal facility when it's done. Uh, but they also did it right. I think by the, you know, how they're going to staff the positions, Not, you know, sometimes you see these universities add and, you know, they bring in one guy with an assistant and, and kind of hope that he can do both as far as coach men's and women's. And you know, they went out and, and hired us, you know, both two time, two full-time uh, head coaches. And then we'll both have two time or two full-time uh, GAs, which I think is going to be a, a cool, cool thing as well. Having four, you know, kind of full-time coaches on, on, on campus yeah no that that is awesome and yeah definitely checking all the boxes you know obviously a couple of big areas like you're talking about being fully staffed is important having a full-time facility for your athletes obviously helps beneficial wise for the recruiting aspect i mean scheduling wise is, is not going to be difficult for you guys i mean i mean you can throw a rock and hit another school with wrestling in pennsylvania i mean that's just um, the nature of it, um, which which is good and bad, because obviously there's a lot a big pool for for student athletes to look at recruiting wise. But um, but yeah, I mean, just talk about some other pieces of the university that you feel like is going to be very beneficial for you to help on that recruiting trail and to bring in that first class for for Cougar, Cougar wrestling. Yeah, no, uh, you know, I think a couple of other things that I w kind of fell in love with when I came here was the campus is an awesome place. Like, it's a it kind of reminds me of where I went to school at Bloomsburg, very similar type of campus. Everything's well taken care of. The grounds crew does a phenomenal job. Uh, you know, all the academic buildings seem like they just built them, you know, we actually just put in a brand new health science center. That's state of the art. It, it's, you know, it's nice than anything I've ever seen at any university I've been a part of. Um, you know, so they're, they're doing a lot of the cool things. And, and uh, you know, you talk to a lot of places and universities, 
Um, you know, obviously there's, you know, at all levels struggling for enrollment and, and, and costs of, uh, of school has gone up so much, but, you know, this is actually a growing school. Our, our enrollment numbers have been going up year after year. And um, I think uh, those things are why, just as far as, you know, the, the degree programs they, they provide and then the money that they put into these programs, as far as making sure that these, these kids have facilities to grow as, uh, you know, in their educational life and, and also, you know, on the athletic side too. That's great. And um, you, you mentioned earlier, so, and uh, obviously being on the same side of the conference with Stevens, I know, I know from the years prior, like they're, they're are very successful in a lot of sports. Um, I know women's soccer has been very competitive over probably one of the ones that first comes to mind. What, what other sports there are, are competing at a high level nationally right now for the, for the athletic department? Yeah. So track and field is always, they, they produce all Americans and national champions pretty frequently. Um, men's baseball, they're in the final four last year. Um, wow. You know, so the, they've done it on both sides. And cool story about, uh, so Mark Stoffer, the, the head women's soccer coach, that's you know, former wrestler. So we actually wrestled at Benton um, right alongside of John Hughes and Russ Hughes. So, um, you know, he was a big part of the recruiting process as far as uh, you know, myself and Ken um, coming over here. And, you know, it's obviously nice to have somebody here that, that understands the sport and, um, you know, I, I think kind of shows a lot about how, you know, the sport of wrestling compared to be very successful at whatever you do. And, and like I said, Mark's done a, you know, a phenomenal job. They've you know competed for a national championship several times and year in and year out, you know, they're ranked top 10 in the country. So uh, I think that wrestling mentality is, is very uh, prevalent and in, uh, in our athletic department. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that is definitely one of the powerhouses. Um, I mean, obviously a big powerhouse named Ben. Uh, I mean, I, probably one of the more famous guys. That's where Zane Rutherford went to high school, correct? And correct, there's, yep. there, there's been a, a lot of other big names that, that gone through that program, um, like you just mentioned, the Hughes brothers and stuff like that. Um, so let's, let's transition to that, just kind of going through through that kind of cycle and just being exposed to that kind of competition early. Um, it kind of, did it make it easy for you to kind of like fall in love with wrestling a little bit and like the process? Yeah, no, you know, obviously being from Pennsylvania, it's it's just a way of life. I mean, I don't know any different. Um, it yeah. started at a really young age and, uh, you know, I'm sure my parents and, and my coaches probably took it a little too seriously for, for a long point in time. Like, you know, it was, you know, winning was a big deal and from the time you were six till, you know, forever. And it's just never stopped. But, uh, yeah, you know, I've been very fortunate. I've been around some, some great coaches. Uh, you know, my, my elementary coach was, was Jerry Acardino, who, uh, you know, father of Justin Acardino, who was an all American at, at Hofstra. Yeah. Um, he's doing so a great changed. job on, uh, Long Island now, Savage Wrestling Academy. He's yeah. doing big stuff. Yeah. He's, I've done a couple of clinics out there for him, but you know, great friend of mine. I've been known him since, since we were little. So, uh, you know, just being around that level of wrestling, you know, it's, it's just, you know, when, when you got to the point where it was time to, to go to college, like there's, there's just no question about what you're going to do. Like you're going to go wrestle division one and, and be a national champion. And that's just the way it was. And, and uh, that's the way we trained. And like I said, I was really fortunate to be around a lot of great guys. Um, I didn't have a lot of success as a young kid. You know, I got throttled quite a bit. I didn't start on my, you know, little league wrestling team until I was in like the sixth grade, you know? So, and, and again, I started when I was probably in, in the first grade. So just never even got a chance to step on the mat competitively for, for, a, you know, in a dual format for a long time. Um, but, you know, I was around some great people, you know, so like I said, 
Jerry Acardino and Justin and, uh, you know, Joe Ravelli was on our little league team. He was an All-American uh, for Hofstra. A couple other guys. Uh, man. Keith Gavin was in our was in our club for a while, you know, so just oh, wow. you know, a bunch of guys that were just really fortunate to be around. And and I was always the youngest one of the group. So, you know, they were always kind of bringing me along and uh, were very supportive of me. And, and uh, it was fortunate to, to be a part of, you know, some some successful teams and be around guys that wanted to, to win at a high level and, and uh, you know, do well. So uh, it was easy for me to fall into um, into the habits that you need to have in, in order to be successful in the sport. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it's it definitely is a rich uh, tradition. I mean, where I went to, to to college, Waynesburg University in Southwest Pennsylvania, obviously the Whitfield area takes their wrestling very seriously. So I got to see firsthand, you know, there's a different culture. I mean, I grew up in Long Island and wrestling was big on Long Island. You know, it's big in New York, but it is a different it's a different type of environment. I mean, like like gyms are packed out for dual meets like there's no one like you. Like it is like the football essentially of Pennsylvania. Like you go to Texas and you know Friday Night Lights, but for for Pennsylvania, it it was it was wrestling. So it was it was cool. It was cool to see. Very refreshing to see. Um, and like you're saying too, you started finding success later on. You had you had a very good high school career. Um, unfortunate end to your high school career due to injury. Did that kind of change your recruitment process a little bit? Were you always going to Bloomsburg? Like how that unfold? Yeah, so no, I actually decided to go there early, which probably saved my worth, if that makes sense. You know, I, I don't know if I would have gotten because, like you said, I got hurt my senior year. I was ranked undefeated, ranked number one in the state. I had beaten uh, the eventual state champion during the season uh, who wrestled at the Dapper Dan and won. Um, you know, so felt really good about obviously, you know, you still got to go out there and earn it, but you know, felt really good about my chances to, to go win a state title. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, about two weeks before postseason start, well, actually, it was the week before our postseason start. So, you know, typical, you know, we go district, region, states uh, in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. So about, you know, about seven days before uh, the district tournament, I, I broke my hand um, pretty severely, um, decided to to try to wrestle the, the district tournament, um, did wrestle it and ended up winning the tournament. Um I won't mention any names or people that helped that happen, but uh, did some <laughs> some sketchy things to make that happen. Uh, and, but unfortunately, um, you know, I had, had to go back to the orthopedic the, the next week um, to recheck it. And it just, you know, it was to the point where I'd done some things that, you know, caused some damage in my hand and uh, we we're going to, you know, jeopardize my career moving forward. And, and at that point, the, doctor made the decision he wasn't going to allow me to continue to wrestle so um that was kind of how my my uh high school career came to an end and uh started well i shouldn't say it started probably had a lot of injury problems you know starting you know the year before that i was in the semifinals and formed my mcl meniscus and uh, semifinals at the state tournament um and then you know just that the injury bug never kind of got away from me from then on gotcha gotcha and then um did that uh so that the, your injury with your broken hand did that kind of kind of force your hand maybe redshirting your freshman year at Bloom or like how did that unfold as you transitioned to college? No, and and that was and again you, you hear the stories about people walking into a D one room or any any college room and and not sniffing a point for months and that wasn't my experience. So I came in and I was prepared. I was a mature senior. I was probably fully matured as as a man you know, early on, I mean, I had a full grown beard at 
you know, in the sixth grade, you know, kind of deal, just kind of just matured really early. So um, I didn't have to go through a lot of that. Um, So I actually was pretty competitive right away. Um, But we had a senior there who ended up being a national qualifier at 149, who I did lose a wrestle off to um, George Hickman. Um, He's actually doing a lot in the MMA world. So he coaches a lot of um, high level fighters along with Frank Hickman, who was one of my college wrestling uh, teammates. Okay. Um, you know, they're, they're, yeah, so they live in Thailand. They're, they're killing it in the MMA scene. Um, but so I was behind George. Um, so it just didn't make sense. You know, he was a senior, uh, you know, so they just decided to redshirt me at that point. But, um, you know, to be honest, by the end of that year, you know, me and George, you know, I pretty much got the best of them after, um, after that. Uh, and then, you know, actually I ended up having a surgery in, at the end of that year anyway. So, um, really didn't matter, but, uh, yeah, so I, I really didn't need to, um, so it didn't really affect anything. Um, you know, I was really prepared to, to come into the division one revel and compete, uh, right away. And I had a lot of success that freshman year. It was probably one of the only years I was healthy most of the year. So, um, I, I really wish, you know, I kind of went on a different track. I, I, I tried to maybe push for a starting position a little earlier. Cause back then it isn't like it is now. Like it was pretty normal to walk in and redshirt, you know, most times and where yeah. nowadays these kids are just freaking ready to go right away. The level of wrestling coming out of high school is just next level. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, you got to credit the regional training system that has developed and just like the high level of wrestling these guys are exposing to. Like I remember, um, you know, like, like when I was coming out of high school, class of 2010, it's like freestyle, like wasn't even a thing. And you can tell like how USA wrestling was going. Like it, it just wasn't a thing. Like you had folk style, but like the RTCs and just the, just the amount of popularity you get for like the age level, like USA teams, I think has just immensely improved these guys coming in. Um, you know, as you saw when you were coaching at the division one level, like just true freshmen just coming in knocking the doors off people. Um, it's it's pretty impressive. I mean, you got, I know Zeke Jones gets a lot of credit with USA wrestling and um, as he should, you know, kind of the change of how it's doing where it's like, you don't have to be at the Olympic training center to be around high level people, high level coaching. So um, it's definitely been pretty cool to see. And, uh, but going back to like your, your college days, you were, um, you were part of like kind of Bloomsburg, I, I would say, I, I mean, I know it has like a history, but like in, in relevant time, recent time, like that was the glory days for Bloomsburg. I mean, Stutzman was, had that ship rolling, rolling and, um, and, and actually one of the assistant coaches there, uh, mutual friend, Danny Song, um, you know, he wrestled the high school I went to. So, uh, so great guy. I'm honestly coached at Case Western as well, too. He's actually been on the podcast before. But, um, but yeah, the Stutzman and staff, man, you guys were rolling. Just talk about being a part of that program and, um, you know, during the come up of that. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was, it was awesome. It was, you know, I could, I would never change my experience for anything. Um, in the group of guys we had, you know, there's just times where, you know, and I'm sure you've been a part of some of these, but where you just kind of, get a group of guys together and something special happens and it just works really well. Um, and that's kind of the way it worked. And, you know, Stutz had his way. Um, it's not everybody's way. It's not for everybody. Um, not everyone can handle his way. Um, but that was the only way you could coach that team. Um, you know, and he was hard on us, man. We trained, we, we probably overtrained and he would admit this. We've had this conversation before, but that's just the way we had to do it. And we, we just outworked everybody. Um, and if you looked at the the team that we had and, and, you know, we were, you know, so my senior year, we were, you know, we ended up 
ranked about 14th in the country. We had six national qualifiers um, with two other national qualifiers redshirting, you know, so um, you know, a lot of talent in the room at the time. But, you know, if you looked at our accolades, I think we only had like two state titles on the team. Um, obviously, I, I didn't have one. Uh, I think the only one we had, or we had two, I think one was uh, Nick Wilcox, a, a New York uh, New York product. And uh, I think Josh Beltry might have had, had one. He was on 165, yeah, another New York another guy. Yeah, he's another New York guy. Yeah, he, he, was, then, he, was, he was a savage in New York. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So we just had a bunch of guys that, you know, I like guess we trained our butts off and, and uh, wrestled a super hard pace and, and just kind of in your face kind of nonsense. And, and I think, you know, Stutz, I, I don't know if he was doing this on purpose, but I swear we wanted to win just in spite of him, just because we hated him so much all the time because it's the way he was. But it, it, it was all on purpose. It wasn't like, you know, he, he knew what he was doing. Like he, he knew how to press the right buttons and get the most out of us because that's just the way we were. It was our mentality. We were just going to we were fighters. We just go out there and fight the world and we were going to do it no matter what. But um, yeah, we had a lot of, you know, a lot of cool times there. And the one thing that drives us all crazy is as successful as we were as a team, we never had an all American on any of those teams, um, which is crazy to think. And you know, when we beat a lot of, you know, big name teams, beat Michigan in a duel, beat uh, West Virginia in a duel, beat Pitt in a duel, uh, Edinburgh when they were ranked super high, you know, so, yeah. um, you know, it was, uh, it was fun times. Um, like I said, I didn't get the results I wanted as an individual, but it wouldn't change it for anything. Yeah. Another big wrestling name that was on in that lineup, Richard Perry, right? He was one, one of your guys starter when you were there. Were you guys the same class or is he a little bit older? He was a year behind me. So me, okay. me myself, Rich and, and Frank Hickman lived together for forever. I lived with them actually for a year after college too. So, you know, for about six years, we all lived together. Yeah, I got you. And, uh, and then correct me on the timeline too. I'm not. I'm not sure. But were you able to have Stutzman all your years, or did he go to Buffalo before before you graduated? Yeah. So he, my senior year was his last year. So that the the next year, uh, with you know, so Rich was still on the team. Josh Veltri, a couple of those guys we mentioned, Nick Wilcox. Those guys were all still back. Um, they still had they had one more year when Mester came in and wrestled for him. So my senior year, 2013, uh, was Stutz's last year. Okay, I got you. Yeah, I mean, listen, it it was very competitive. And honestly, the, the Division One landscape has changed, but your national qualifying event was EWL, which uh, which was pretty tough. I want to say, was Pittsburgh in that EWL with you guys? Um, yeah, Laramie, Pitt, West Virginia. West Virginia, yeah. yeah. I mean, that that wasn't like an easy national no, qualifying. I mean, you had, you had Pitt, West Virginia, Edinburgh were usually all prominent top 15 teams in the country at the time. And then we were good. Uh, Clarion was down at that time. And Lockhaven was down a little bit at that time. Um, still had Cleveland State in there. Yeah, I feel uh, like Clarion and Lockhaven, though, because this, this is during the time I was in college. I feel like they always had, like, at least, like, one, like, Bex, like oh, Bexod. Sure. They always had, like, one or two guys. And it's, oh, wow, this, these guys are yeah, real. James real Fleming great. was in there. He was tough. Yeah, um, they changed yeah. the college role because of him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I beat him, too. So that was... I wrestled him the same, same time. So my freshman year, I beat him at the PSAC tournament and I actually beat him at the state tournament as a sophomore. He was like a freshman phenom. I beat him twice. I beat him in the quarters and for fifth and sixth and then beat uh -huh. him at the PSACs. And then he got me in the duel the last time he wrestled and it still irks me to this day. Yeah. They needed the change. It was not fun. That was insane. I mean, honestly, I mean, obviously just watching film hunting, like, 
just his front, that side headlock. It was incredible. And he would do it on everybody. You knew it was coming, but it was just like. I, he never turned me. I, I never, like, it was, don't get me wrong. It was tight and, and it was not comfortable to be in. But if you just stay tough, like, it, like people panic is what happened. It's like, because you'll about get close to passing out. Like, you'll get in there and, and start choking yeah. you. But if you just stay tough, uh, I got, I think I got away from him every time. But wow. uh, yeah, no, I always get Frank Hickman crap about that. I was like, I don't know how he turns you. He never turned me in his life. But uh, yeah, yeah he, uh, he, it was, it was not pleasant. They, they, there was a good rule change for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, just whoever you're re- like, whoever's wrestling, it's just like a dogfight though, because he just found like even from the neutral position, like he found a way to put your put it, put him himself in that position. I mean, credit to him. He he was a, he was a fun guy to watch for sure. Um, and uh, was Kent State another one that were they also in the EWL during that time? Not at that time, no, no. Okay. Cleveland State would have been the Ohio team that was in. Um, I think that was it though. It was just uh, it was us, uh, Pitt, West Virginia, and then all the peace sacks. Gotcha. All right, good deal, good deal. So, so as you wrap up um, your your career competitively, um, also you you joined staff at Appalachian State. But what what's the timeline there? Like, did you? Did you get into college coaching right away? Were you at the high school level? Um, just talk about that transition. Yeah, so I actually, you know, spoke about it a little bit, but, you know, I was just, you know, went through a lot as far as uh, the guy had five knee surgeries in college. Um, wow. You know, didn't have the success I won. One, one match at the national tournament, you know, if you'd have told me that at the start, I'd been like, why did I do this kind of deal? It just wasn't what I wanted. Really just, just like, the, was bitter with the sport, you know. Uh, always felt like, you know, I put a lot in and, and I, you know, I felt like I always did the right things and just didn't get the results. And I was bitter about it and pissed off and uh, wanted nothing to do with wrestling, to be quite honest with you. I just wanted to, to move on and, and do something else and uh, actually started um, selling cars uh, randomly, you know, just needed a job. You know, I'm with the college to, to wrestle, like, you know, don't think that's the way to do it. So I'm not, I don't advocate for it, but that, that was just the way it was. Um, but you know, so I ended up just getting a car, selling selling cars in, in Sealands Grove, Pennsylvania. Um, you know, great. It was fun. I, I enjoyed it for, for a year. Um, and then, so then John Stutzman called me, um, you know, randomly. And was like, hey, what do you think about coaching? I was like, I'll do anything other than sell cars. So, yeah, let's do it. So for the grand total of like 18,000 bucks, I became a division, full-time division one assistant. So, uh, yeah, anything to to, to just get out of selling cars. And uh, to be honest with you, I was starting to get the itch again. I, I had start, started to go in and work out a couple times, um, you know, as I was kind of winding down that first year of, of selling cars. Um, and it's amazing what what a difference it makes when you take some time to, to to heal up. You know, I just had never done that before. It was surgery. And then four weeks later, I was to start training again. So never really just took the time to, to heal and, and took a kind of a, a full year of, doing nothing. Like I didn't work out, didn't do anything, just, just kind of relaxed and, and did my thing. And, uh, you know, started to, to feel good again and got back in the room and, and was, you know, competitive with some of those guys that were still around. And, um, you know, that's when I think that's probably got caught wind that I was doing that. And, uh, ultimately ended up up at Buffalo. And then, um, so I was up at Buffalo for a full year. Um, had a great time there. So it was, it was, a a weird situation. So they were still coming off of probation. So they had APR right. problems uh, right, right before Stutz got there. So they were on probation. So we, we didn't have a national tournament to compete for or anything like that. So um, 
really just kind of getting my, my feet wet as far as the recruiting stuff and, um, you know, training guys and whatnot. And then, uh, I just had the opportunity to get connected with, with John Mark, um, at Appalachian state. So uh, another Bloomsburg connection. So Frank Hickman, again, to go back to Frank was a North Carolina native. He was actually doing the same thing. He was selling cars in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, and then got, you know, got the itch to go back to college coaching and, and took a job at Appalachian state. Um, coaching wasn't for Frank, which makes a whole lot of sense. I don't, he's not one to, to do those, the, the, the coaching stuff. And, uh, so I just kind of ended up randomly getting hooked up with John Mark, um, you know, applied for the job. My, my interview, um, was right after, uh, U23. So I actually met them there. We coached U23s and, and took the bus back with them. Um, I actually drove a van back with them, um, to app and, and did my interview and, uh, we ended up there for the next six years. Yeah. And, um, Definitely one of the most beautiful areas, obviously being from a rural place like you. I mean, just looking at pictures of campus and just the the, the landscape of Boone and that and that and that campus, it just seems like um a nice little a nice little gem in North Carolina. Um so so let's get into that experience there at Appalachian State. Obviously, six years, Appalachian State out you know, it doesn't it's not it's not power five. So it doesn't get the media love that a lot of those power fives do. But I mean, as a wrestling fan and, and a coach, you know, I take uh, a lot of respect for what John Mark does, you know, all those so SOCOM schools that what they do down there. And obviously he's done a great job down there of making a very competitive program. They they have all American contenders on their team every year. Um so what 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 did you take away from that experience and being under him? Um you know, I'm sure there was like a handful of things you probably took, but go, why don't you talk about that experience? Oh, yeah. I mean, it was it was the best decision I ever made in my life to go down there. And to be honest with you, and we'll probably get into this later, but n- never really saw myself leaving. Um, you know, it was me and my wife loved it down there. We had a beautiful home and, you know, it, it was it was becoming our home. We, we loved it, man. It was it was really tough to, to leave there. Um, but, you know couple of reasons, you know, obviously John Mark, you know, I think he's one of the most underrated coaches in the country um, you know, with the resources that we have there and, and uh, you know, what we're able to do, what we're able to do with it. You know, I think it's second to none, you know, and, and it's not, it's not just the, the, the winning part. And obviously we did that, you know, we've won four Southern conference championships while I was there. Um, you know, we had I think we coached two all Americans while I was there, um, you know, pretty much the top 25 team that entire time we beat UNC in a duel while I was there, Oregon state, um, you know, several other P5s that I can't even remember, you know, and um, you know, so obviously the competitive part was there. So, you know, learning, you know, that side of it, you know, was, was great as, as far as how to develop athletes and, and, you know, that kind of stuff, but um, all the other stuff, he does a great job with as well, as far as building a fan base, you know, we, we packed our, the varsity gym there all the time it was you never no matter what who the opponent was coming in you were going to pack the house you're going to wrestle in front of a bunch of rowdy people and it was an awesome time you know so um learning how to develop a program uh, under him was, was invaluable you know and uh you know i i don't think i could take a whole lot of credit for any of the stuff i've done as a head coach but because i just i just run the app state playbook that's all i've done and, and it's worked and and uh you know i think um you know my time down there was you know it was so much fun and, and me and John Mark became a lot more than, than just, uh, and, you know, coworkers, you know, we became really great friends and, and, uh, you know, I go down there and, and stay with them pretty often, work their camps every summer. Um, uh, you know, we were, we were big golfing buddies. We're both big golfers. So, you know, we, we played, we spent a lot of time together and, uh, you know, I, I 
it was super hard to leave there, but, you know, him as a, you know, as a coach and, and how to build a program, you know, I just can't, it was the greatest uh, education I could have gotten as far as, you know, becoming uh, a head coach and being able to run a program. Yeah. And, uh, and honestly, um, just another side note too, his coaching tree is pretty imp- impressive, you know, like um, obviously you're a head coach, uh, Citadel head coach LeBlanc um, was at App State before, before he became the coach at Citadel. Ian Miller was an assistant coach there. He just left and took over a private school. Um, so you can tell, like, he is developing you guys really well because you guys are going and getting these head coaching jobs and just hitting the ground running. It's it's awesome to see. Yeah, if you're a young coach and 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 you want to ultimately your goals are to be a head coach, he's the best, man. He 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 makes sure of that too. It's he's pretty purposeful about that stuff. So, you know, you have some guys that just kind of let you, you know. People think a division one head or assistant coach, you're just showing up and working out and, and doing some recruiting. That that's not how John Mark does it, man. He really makes sure you know what's going on, you know, on the on the deep inside of of what it takes to run a program and um always involved us with those things as far as, you know, facility renovations that we did, fundraising, uh, you know, the working the parents side of things, you know, dealing with those relationships. Uh, you know, so it was like I said, I, I couldn't have been more prepared to 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 you know move on and become head coach. Yeah, that's awesome. And um la- last question about App State before we move on and we get into you transition to become a head coach. Um they always promote that run you guys do with the team. Um what what's the name what's the name of the run again? Knob? Is it Knob? Uh, yeah, the Knob. It's Howard's Knob, yep. Howard's Knob. So did you take part in that run? And no, no shot. No. Uh, there's no way you're getting me to do that. Not a chance. Not with how, my knees. How many, miles, about it, how many miles is it? Like, what? what is the actual run? I believe it's two. I believe it's two miles. Okay. But, but it changes. Straight. It changes over. It changes over over a thousand feet of elevation over two miles. Wow. It's, 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 yeah. You weren't going to get me to do that. No way. <laughs> now all the other assistants did it and I always got ridiculed for not doing it, but I was like, not a chance. Like there ain't no way with my knees I'm I'm running up that hill. Not a chance. Yeah. Yeah, no, that is that is that is crazy. Um, but definitely a cool tradition that you guys do. And was that something you guys did like at the end of the preseason before the season started, or was there a certain timetable for that? So we did it I believe we did it three times a year. We did it uh first day of camp. So huge camp system there, one of the biggest team camps in the country. Um, we would always do it right before camp started. Uh, then I believe we did it first run of preseason and the last run of preseason. Okay. Nice. Cool. That's awesome. But yeah, I always enjoy like seeing like the social media and the tradition of it. Um, that's pretty awesome. But, um, yeah, I mean, listen, from the outside looking in, I, I can tell that, that experience, like like you talked about, was a good experience because just from how they promote on social media, the the home the home matches, just how everything he goes about it, it is very business like, and um, and the results speak for itself. You know, you you don't get those results and the success you're having by just kind of going through the motions. So it, with 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 usually about half the resources of everybody else, you know. Yeah. So I think that's what's so impressive about it. We do it, we did it, and we did it with a lot less than most. Yeah. 
Awesome. So, um, so yeah, so as we kind of wind down here, talk about you taking the step now to start your head coaching career and making that decision to, you know, come back. Obviously, I'm sure you probably have family um, in the area. You grew up pretty close to the areas you're coaching at. So I'm sure that was a factor, but talk about any other factors that um, went into it. Yeah. So, so like I said, uh, you know, making the move to become a head coach at Kings, um, really wasn't on my radar at all. Wasn't looking for a head coaching opportunity at the time. Um, circumstances kind of forced my hand a little bit. Um, so that was right during COVID in 2020. Um, a lot of factors. So that, that was a big one. So financially, uh, it, it made sense. Um, I just had my first son in January of 2020. So, uh, you know, that's obviously change your perspective and, and, uh, priorities of what you want, you know, kind of what you want kind of goes in the backseat. And, and, uh, I wanted him to, to be around family and, and grow up around a bunch of cousins and there's, you know, he's, he's got seven cousins now. So, uh, you know, the family has really grown quickly. So that, that was a big factor. Uh, but you know, those were two, the two big things were just financially, you know, COVID kind of forced our hand a little bit. Um, and, and the opportunity, uh, to become a head coach was, you know, cool. And especially at a program like Kings and, uh, you know, I still got love for that program. Um, it did a lot for me as a, as a kid. Um, so I, I grew up around that, that program a little bit. Um, and I'm sure you guys remember Dave Morgan, two-time national champion for Kings. Um, yeah. Yeah. 2007, 2008. My oldest brother was a national qualifier when Morgan was competing. I think during his, I think they were actually both seniors. He was 133 national champ, 141. 133. 133 twice. Yep. Yeah, 133 twice. Yeah, that, that guy was a beast. So Kings was in the same conference. He wrestled at CUNY Hunter. So I actually got to watch him wrestle yep. um, in person. And uh, that was actually the first time. Like, so that was like really the first time that I got to experience Division Three wrestling. And like, you see that guy wrestle and he's a national champion in Division Three. You don't like realize how much good wrestling there is outside of Division One until you actually see it. It's like you saw him wrestle and it's like, wait a second, this is division three, but this guy would kill a bunch of dudes in D2 or division one. So that, that kind of opened my eyes to division three wrestling for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Dave was a talent for sure. Um, but, you know, for me, I got the opportunity. I'd go down and train with them probably twice a week, um, my junior and senior year of high school. And, you know, again, I love Kings and, and they haven't always had the greatest teams, uh, you know, is probably I was probably one of his best training partners myself and, and Justin Acredino uh, used to go in there and train with Dave uh, pretty frequently during those last two years um, of his college career. But um, like I said, so, uh, you know, had a lot of familiarity with the program. Uh, you know, when I first became aware of the position, um, again, I didn't even know it was open. You know, I, I didn't even know they, they had a full time staff at the time. Um, guy by the name of Mike Riley, another guy you, you might remember. Uh, Three-time All-American for Kings, uh, national. He was a national finalist too, two for them. Yep. Yeah. Yep. NCAA runner-up his senior year. Um, was a high school teammate of mine, um, so he was a year ahead of me. Um, Mike was, and then also his, his brother Jay uh, was also an All-American for Kings um, in the early 2000s. Um, okay. So had a lot of lineage there. Knew a lot of people there. Obviously, Coach McGinley known him my whole life. So. Um, had a lot of connections there. And uh, so Mike had actually reached out to Cheryl Ish, the athletic director there and, and told her to, to give me a call. And, um, you know, he kind of made me aware, took the call. And, and then, you know, once I learned a 
a little bit about uh, you know what the job was and, and what they were looking to do. Um, I kind of thought, hey, man, it's it's home. It was financially going to be a better situation for me. Um, so I was like, fun. I, I you know, like I said, wasn't what I wasn't in my career plan. What I thought was going to happen, uh, but but things change. You know, when when uh, you know, your situation changes, uh, you got to be able to adapt and and, and move forward uh, the best way possible. And um, you know. It was it was the right decision. It, it that 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 experience grew me as a coach so much because you know we started with nothing, you know, absolutely nothing. We had eight guys on the roster. Uh, the the facility was terrible. Um, alumni support was gone. Um, you know, so just not in a great spot. And to be honest with you, the interview process was over Zoom. You know, it, it's COVID, so you're not really seeing the nuts and bolts of what what truly is going on inside the program. Um, and it was, you know, way worse than I could even have imagined when I showed up. Um, so, you know, going through that process and, and rebuilding the Kings program uh, was a lot of fun. You know, so it was a, it was a great education and in, into, uh, you know, many different aspects of, of being a head coach for sure. Yeah, a similar type of steps you're probably going to take with this new program. I mean, the only thing Kings had, also you have the alumni base that you could develop and you have the tradition of Kings. But yeah, you're not wrong. Like going going into the position you were in, it, it was basically starting from scratch, essentially. Um, so you're just getting getting back on the horse and trying to get it going there now. So definitely exciting to see. And um, and yeah, man, I'm definitely excited for you. I mean, get two more teams back in our conference in the MAC because we we dropped down to six, obviously this year with Wilkes and like Coming moving on. So now we're back up to eight um, with you guys in Arcadia adding. Um, and, uh, it should be good. It's a great little conference. Um, it's going to be great. Just another good program to have in this area. You know, the East coast is really booming right now. A lot of teams are adding, um, which will make scheduling fun over these next, uh, you know, three to four years. But, um, you got anything else for us promotion wise? Is are, are you guys on, on social media yet? You're working on that or, um, was that? Yeah. Like that? We, we yeah, we got them out. Uh, still, obviously, building them. You know, again, we kind of had to hit the ground running. Um, you know, a little bit late in the game, as far as you know, you know, we had to get to start recruiting ASAP. So, um, you know, that's kind of been our, our priority over the last couple of weeks. That and, and trying to you know, get our facility and everything straightened out, which um, looks like that's all moving in the right direction. But uh, like I said, just just moving, uh, making sure that that we're getting our presence out there. Um, you know, like I said, I think it's going to be a a, a program that's going to be you know we could be really good here for sure i really believe that and um you know with the you know additional resources that we're going to be provided here i really feel like um you know it's going to be a place where you can win at a high level and, and i'm excited about it you know it's uh, been a great experience over the last two weeks just just getting here and and uh you know seeing what it's going to take and um, you know, it's, it's going to be, like I said, it's going to be special for a lot of guys, you know, that this, this first class gets to be the first to do everything, no matter what they do, they're going to be making history. And, um, you know, I'm, uh, you know, really excited to, you know, be able to, to put my stamp on something. Um, like I said, that the Kings program is awesome and I love my time there. Um, and I, you know, the tradition is, is great, but, um, you know, being able to build my own is, is, uh, you know, something that really excites me for sure. Yeah, that's definitely something special. And um, is it truly the first, like, at everything? Like, there, like, it wasn't like they had wrestling and dropped it. It's the first everything. Yep. Yep. Brand new program. Never had wrestling here before. And again, this place. I mean, I grew up here. You know, so I actually was born in the in the city that that 
of Dallas where, where Mr. Cordy is, um, we used to come over here and this was like a one building institution. Like just, and then I walked on campus. I was like, what the heck happened over the last 20 years? But uh, yeah. they've grown it into a, a really, really special place. So I'm really excited to be here and, uh, and be able to grow the sport um, on both the men's and women's side. So I think that that's cool to be able to, to be able to, you know, build both programs right now. Yeah. All right. Last piece before you go, you get to be on the sideline this year with these 13 rules, these 13 new rules imp- implemented. How do you think it's going to unfold this year? Do you think um, it's going to be a hot mess or do you like some of the rule changes? Oh, I don't even know how to respond, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't love it, but I'm not the one that gets to make those decisions. You know, I do like the uh, the back point stuff is is cool. You know, I don't, I don't yeah. dislike, dislike that. The three-point takedown, you could I take it away. I'm not a big fan of it. Um, I just think I don't understand why we're devaluing mat wrestling. It's the it's just part of our sport. Um, again, if we wanted to be freestyle, let's just go to freestyle. Like, I, and I'm not an advocate of that, but like, I just don't understand why we keep um, messing with something that's been really good. I think the the, the college wrestling product is is awesome. You know, the I agree. NCAA tournament's phenomenal, and and you know to speak on like you were talking about the the level of wrestling at the division three level. Like I was blown away. I was so ignorant to everything at the division three levels. You know, I, I came into the Kings and I don't know who's good, who's bad. I, you know, I don't know what I should be looking for in a recruit. Like I just said, I got no clue. So I'm just trying to figure it out as I go. And you know, that first year we scheduled, you know, I think we scheduled like in one weekend. And again, I had no idea these teams were good, but we had like Johnson and Wales and um, North central college um, all on the same day, along with, I think we wrestled East Stroudsburg, like a deep, deep teach team. And it was like, we just got throttled. You know, we were no good. We were you know pretty bad that first year. You know, we really yeah. turned it around the second year and had a great year, but uh, just the, you know, I had no idea. I and mean, we just get that, you know, talk about a mistake right there. Like you <laughs> should not have been wrestling those teams that first year, but um, you know, then, you know, having that first national qualifier, you know, that first year and, and getting into the national tournament and, and seeing what the, the level of wrestling was, I mean, it's division three levels. Great. And I love it, man. I love being here. I think coaching at the division three level is a, a great thing. Um, I, I, I'm, in, I'm constantly impressed with these guys and what they do on a daily basis and, and do it for, for nothing. You know, they're doing it for, uh, because they love the sport and, um, you know, there's a lot to be said for that. And, and I think that, you know, at some of those other levels, they've, they've lost sight of that a little bit. Um, mm. you know, so I, I love the fact that, that our student athletes are doing it and doing it for the right reasons. Yeah. I think we're, we're definitely fortunate in a sense, you know, NIL definitely seems crazy, especially in those power fives. And, you know, also you coached, uh, you know, not a power five. So it's really affecting those smaller schools that don't have the donor base to do that. So, um, and you're not, you're not wrong. We get, we get to work with great student athletes, um, that are motivated, um, you know, they're not getting an athletic scholarship, but they want to get a great education and they love the sport. So, uh, it's definitely why I love it. I mean, I, I, I can do it firsthand as a division three athlete. So I knew obviously a little bit more than you did, you know, obviously being on D one circuit. Um, but no, we're, we're fortunate for sure. Division three wrestling is, is amazing and it just continues to grow. We're the biggest out of any, any NCAA division. Um, so it's fun, you know. I get, I get to serve on the championships committee, so hopefully in the next few years we can make some changes to help it become better. Great, yeah, no, it's uh, it's been awesome. Cool, man. Well, like I said, this has been a great conversation. I wish you the best of luck, and uh, you know, we'll be seeing you soon. Great, man. I appreciate it, and, and you guys do a phenomenal job. So keep it up.